It is the Chicagoverse podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists in industry and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Haima Black, Dynasty Podcast. I am live recording in Chicago in the Pilsen Neighborhood Dynasty Podcast Studio. And I am on the line today. I'm on Zoom, joined by Vishan Jordan Jr. and Destiny Harris. How are both of you doing today? I'm doing decent, you know, enjoying the rain. <laughs> Very calm. <calming> yeah. <laughs> right on. Awesome. Doing pretty well. Happy to be here. Happy to talk about this book. Yes, absolutely. We're going to talk about the great book uh, that you have put together, Sean. Um, and I always start these interviews, especially the first time I talk to anybody, just asking, you know, how each of you got your start. Uh, Vishan, you as a photographer, Destiny, you as a activist. I'd love to know how both of those things began for each of you. Take it away, Destiny. It's all you. Uh, look, I was going to say you want to kick us off, Sean. So I got into, I got involved, um, I got involved with community organizing about a little bit, I guess now it's almost three years ago, through the No Cop Academy campaign, um, which is a youth-led campaign in the city of Chicago to call for divestment um, from the Chicago, Dele- Chicago Police Department. Um, and so that's how I got involved into organizing, been organizing ever since, have done some work on my university campus around like divestment from the military industrial complex, just a bunch of like youth rank, youth led campaigns that at their core are about abolition um, and the demolition of the police, prisons, the military, all these systems that uphold capitalism. Very short winged answer, but yeah, that's how I got involved. No copy. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I've been all over the place when it comes to photography. You know, this is just something that I just really, really love to do. And I'm just eager to photograph whatever I can in the city. Now, when it comes to protests, I've been doing like protest photography for years. As of recently, it seems like folks care about it a little more. But I've been covering this stuff for a long time. And like Destiny and I, we met recently uh, in this protest scene, but I actually didn't even know this at the time. We've been in the same spaces for years. Two years ago, when Jason Van Dyke received the guilty verdict, I was at work. I was watching a live stream. And when I saw that, I could not sit at work. I had to go out and I wanted to photograph that. I didn't know anyone. No one knew me, but I just went out there and took photos. As of recently, I posted um, some photos from it. And I'm looking at my favorite shot and Destiny's in the background of it. <laughs> like, I had no idea that I had already photographed her. And there are different people that now I see them as like, oh, they've been in this space and they've been doing this work for a while, but they're so young. So it's like, when, like, where did you start? Because you're so young, but they're the ones that have been doing all of this. So it's like with the recent protest, I went out and I covered that and I started to really gain attention around it. And I just went for it because I knew that the folks out here need a voice, but folks may not be willing to listen to them because their views are so pronounced. And if you don't agree with them, you may not want to hear them out. So I do that I can get out here and try to give that, you know, unbiased like perspective and make people listen. And if I can pull you in and make you watch a video, you can hear them for yourselves. One of the things I've done a lot on Twitter was I'll go to a protest and post a full two minute, 20 second video. 
hear from these people themselves, hear what they're saying, because they're trying politely, they're knocking at the doors, they're trying to get meetings, they're telling you what they want, and folks are not listening to them until they rise and say, okay, now you haven't listened to us, I'm at your door, I'm knocking things down, I'm kicking things open, you want to demonize them. But no, they're out here in light and love and joy. And if no one wanted to show that, I was going to make it my mission to do that. I love that. And and I so something both of you mentioned is that you've both been active in these spaces for a few years now. And does it feel like the work you were doing in, you know, the years leading up to 2020, that that prepared you for this moment? And also, yeah, do you feel like suddenly there is a lot more interest about being in that kind of activist and um, organizing space? Go ahead, Vashon. Yeah, so for me, definitely, I would say that I've had that experience when it comes to like covering what's going on. But for everyone out here, it's like, they have trained for this. They've been ready for this moment. Like the people that you see out here leading and organizing these protests for the most part, not all, but some, they've been doing this work for so long and they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. And they've been gathering so much information to be able to be prepared for this work. The other thing that I would say is what they're doing now is no different than what they've been doing. It just has more attention. Leading protests, marches, having teachings, giving out information, doing mutual aid. None of that is new. None of that is because of George Floyd. Specifically, all of that is what they've been doing and they're continuing to do it in this moment. But now people are willing to listen to them. And a lot of different people are coming out to try to capitalize off of that and put in their own marches and protests. But I know that the people that are actually out here doing this work, they're the ones who really need to be shown and spotlighted. And you can see it in their passion. You see it in their fire. You see it because they're very clear with what they want. They're just looking for more folks that can come help them get their mission out. But the other thing about it is we've been doing it for so long that people know what the demands are, but the people that need to make the change are the ones that aren't willing to nudge and to move. But everyone knows what's going on and what they need. And Destiny said she started you know, with a campaign to get cops out of school. She has research on that. She has facts and she knows why just the people that have to make that decision, that's out of her hands and that's out of my hands and everyone else is out here on the streets. So, and I, I feel like I'm jumping around and I want to get to the book in just a moment, but just based on what you're, you're saying, Vishan, um, do each of you feel like maybe being younger, maybe people weren't listening because you're younger or do you feel like you're maybe doing prep work now, prep work's the wrong word, but like, you're doing work now that could inform like raising to an even higher level or position in the future where like people have to listen to you. Yeah, for sure. Like ageism within the movement is very real. Like when we, when I, like I said, I got involved with No Cop Academy almost three years ago. And we were, when we were like mobilizing to talk to like aldermen um, and like city council members, it was all like, Y'all just some loud, rural, rara teenagers that don't know nothing about nothing. Basically, like, y'all don't know what y'all talking about. Y'all don't know how the system works, right? Y'all just young and looking for something to put y'all energy towards. Very much so, like, we don't have the data. Like, I think people just, they assume that, like, youth just have no organization. Like, 
I think we really need to get rid of the idea like that just because you're new to organizing that you don't know anything, right? Because your lived experiences is all you need to know, right? Your lived experiences is the facts right there, right? And this idea that like just youth, like like when there's a protest, like that there was no um, reaching out, there was no like um, planning tactics. Like a lot of people think youth are just out and just in the streets and that we don't have any strategy or tactics behind our organizing when in fact that isn't true, like at all. Like we're, we're learning, we get trained, we have mentors, right, in this work, um, comrades in this work that have been doing this work for years, that have handed over the baton, given us knowledge, like we have our own knowledge. And yeah, like, and a lot of people just like wrote us off or didn't listen, like in the same way that they did when we were like running, when we were like telling them about Lori Lightfoot. They're like, y'all don't know nothing. Da, da, da. And now Lori Lightfoot is doing what she's doing, and everybody's all surprised, like, oh my God, we didn't know. Why nobody warned? You know, just that type of thing. <laughs> so, like, yeah, youth voices are like always written off and not centered. And so, through youth organizing, that's what we're doing we're centering youth voices because we are the ones that have to bear the impact of what's going on the most right yeah so oh, i'll add to that so i've done a lot of photography in all fields there was a time where i did a ton of concert photography so i've been to all of the big festivals in chicago and i've taken photos these demonstrations have been more organized than those i've gone out here and i've been honestly blown away they have graphic designers that are making flyers for this. They're circulating this out. They have people on bikes protecting the routes. They know where they want to go. They have signs. They have posters. They have megaphones. I've been fed at these places. They have snacks and all types of food. And it's like, they have so much going on. So Destiny and I have been in the, like a bunch of the same demonstrations and protests throughout the last few months. One thing I can say is we've never had a conversation about a narrative or a story or what we should cover. She does her thing and I do my thing and I'm covering and I'm showcasing what she's talking about. But all of this is just what they are innately doing. It's not me coming in as a you know media maker trying to craft the image. None of this is staged. All of this is candid what's going on and what's happening. Well, so let's talk about the book here because uh, it's called Chicago Protests, A Joyful Revolution. Uh, and this was captured from May of this year through September of this year. So this is this is very recent current yeah. material, uh, Vashon, that you captured as a photographer. So you captured over 17,000 photographs at dozens of demonstrations all throughout Chicago. Um, you're creating a record of what's happening on the ground at these events protesting the deaths of Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and unfortunately countless other black individuals who have been murdered by white police across the country. Um, but you have been focusing, and, and also Destiny, like the book and the movement itself, you're focusing on the joy, the peace, the love that is occurring within these events. Is that a fair assessment of what you're both capturing here? I think I'll say for Destiny, that's definitely everything she's done has been built on that. For me, it just so happened to be. So with this book, you know, the idea is just to show flat out what happened and everything is in here. Both incidents of looting are in this book. There's a pro-police rally in the book. There's a Trump rally in this book. So everything is there for you to see it, but more often than not, it's been joy. It's been love, it's been light. And also I can say that 
when I went to the police and the Trump rallies, it wasn't that at all. When I've gone to things that Destiny's been a part of, it was that all the time. So, right. you know, overall, that's what's happening. So the idea here is you have to pick what are you going to put as a cover photo? What are you going to say at the title? I'm not going to allow a couple incidents from people who haven't been out here doing this work to lead what we say about the summer of 2020. I want to let the folks who've been doing the work and who have the right mission and the right goals and the right intent in mind. And it's like, at the end of the day, they're not fighting for anything bad. They're fighting to improve the quality of life for everyone. They're fighting to spread love to everyone. And it's like, I don't understand how you could bash or attack them. Look at the cover of the book. It's a dance party. Like, how can you not want to get behind that and get behind these people and hear what they have to say? Yeah. Uh, Destiny, what has the experience been like for you to just be within these moments um, and, and also to be, you know, captured by Vashon when you are, you know, doing the work that you're doing? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have this, like entirely too many people have this perception that like revolutions can't be joyful, right? Like a lot of the times when I see like, um, like a lot of photographers and journalists, they come out and they document it, right? You know, obviously we have some that are doing it to further their own narrative, but then we have people like Vashon, right? And, right, they might capture like a game, a basketball game or like a jump rope session. And then people flock to it and they're like, oh, well, why are y'all happy? People are dying in the streets. Like, what is, like, like, Chicago is so dangerous. Why are you children so happy and things of that nature? And it's just absurd at the fact that like, like we, we literally are struggling for our lives on a day-to-day basis we can't like we aren't deserving to have a moment of joy like all like yes this revolution is trying yes it's tiring yes it's bloody yes it's physical but it's also joyful right right we're working towards liberation liberation is joyful right like you know like 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 when you think about like the civil rights movement, folks were marching and singing, right? <laughs> like song is a, is a tool of resistance, right? Joy, black joy is radical and is a tool of resistance. It makes people mad. Like revolutions can be joyful. And and I just, the summer is, and what has happened, like. Oh, oh, I think we lost you for a second there. Yeah, what's the yeah well hopefully she's able to join us again in a second uh i don't know if you have anything you wanted to add vishan to what she was saying yeah she was really good at you know at talking about that but um that's the bottom line about all of this you know joy is there it's present and i want to just talk a little bit about why i decided to make this in a book a lot of the work yes, that i've do has been social media but black people are beautiful we're magical and our experiences are there, and it's too much to just reduce to a social media post. I couldn't sit here and allow this to be something that goes on social media, you like it, you retweet it, and then you don't think about it two weeks later. Because what's gonna happen years from now when folks are looking back at 2020, are they only gonna have news articles? No one's gonna be going through and looking through my social media channel, looking through my Twitter, trying to go all the way back to this day. So I said, what can I do to make this permanent? Social media, the internet, all of that can crumble today. But this, right. this is here. You take care of this book and you are going to have this for a lifetime and you can pass this down to people and say, back to back, page to page, the entire summer is right here. This is much easier 
than social media posts that are owned by someone else's corporation. I've seen journalists who've been out here doing this work. One of them had their account suspended. And it's like, there's so yep. much rich history on that person's account and you suspend it without a care. So I really wanted to make sure that this was marked down, this is preserved. People who would never come across my social media, people who don't have social media pages for it to be accessible. So I really wanted to make sure this was stamped down. You can take this, I've had teachers reach out who've been showing this to their students in their classes and folks have been able to use this as a discussion piece. So I really wanted to make sure that we have this years and years and years from now. This book is, you know, Amazon prints the book. Not only do they sell the book, but they physically print the book themselves and they ship it themselves. So for ages and for years to come, people can go on here, get this book, try to make it as affordable as I can and see, you know, what really happened during the uh, Chicago summer of 2020. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and something, and I want to welcome uh, Destiny back because I know your, uh, your Zoom, I think, dropped for just a moment. But something I love that you're saying, Vishan, is that I completely agree that social media obviously is an incredibly powerful tool, but you're right. If we're looking back at this moment three years from now, no one is taking their phone and scrolling, 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 scrolling to I didn't get back and reflect on these moments. No. <laughs> yeah, and a book... You're right. I think it it means something. And I think it legitimizes a lot of things for a lot of people, too, where like suddenly if you have a book behind you, people kind of go, "Ooh, OK, well, this is this is real, even though it was just as real before the book. But there's a lot of people who they might listen in a different way when something is printed in a book as well. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, welcome back, Destiny, as well. Now, something else I wanted to, um, you know, also just touch on, I guess let's let's touch on this briefly uh, with the book too, because I'm always interested in like the kind of behind the scenes. Was this a self-published through Amazon kind of thing? Or like you put this together very quickly. Like there was a very quick turnaround. Like what was that process like, you know, putting a book together this quickly and releasing it, you know, and, and promoting it yourself? So I'd say when I started covering these back in the end of May, a book was never something that I was thinking about on the horizon. And folks will tell you, I turned down all press. I said, I don't want to talk to any journalists. I'm not doing any interviews about any of this during this time because all of that space has to be given to the folks out here organizing and putting this together. People were telling me to make a book, make a book, make a book. I've never done it before. It's a really scary thing to set out to do. So I didn't want to do it. So I made a tweet August 31st. And I said, someone told me to put my favorite protest in a book. And I think I got like maybe 200 likes and I put on all my social media platforms, had over 100 people directly say, hey, make this book. So I said, OK, let yeah. me go out and let me, you know, reach out to some publishing companies and reach out to 12. None of it worked. Either they didn't have the time to do it or this was something that is going to cost a lot of money. I do not have a lot of money. None of the stuff I've done this summer has been paid work. And that's why I, I don't say freelance. I say independent because freelance means you're doing this work just for multiple outlets and organizations. Independent me, I am my publication. No one's paying me for this work. I'm, I haven't shot this for anyone. So it's like, I couldn't go that route because I just didn't have that ton of money. And also I didn't have the time. The news cycle changes so fast. We have an election coming up in a couple of weeks. So it's like, when that election comes up, everything that happened this summer was gonna easily get pushed to the side. And they were gonna talk about whatever came as a result of that. So I went through and you know, someone told me about Kindle Direct Publishing, which is through Amazon. I put this book together through Google Slides. It's a presentation. I had no idea, made a ton of mistakes, which is why it took longer 
So I went through and then Amazon has the, uh, the capacity where I give them the PDF copy of the book and they handle all of that processing. I really wanted this to be a hardcover book. I really wanted this to be available in multiple places, but it's like, I'm still a full-time college student. All of that just, I can't, you know, get up and jump every time someone orders a book to go pack it, to go ship it, to do pre-orders and have this, because one of the price points, I'll give an example, to get this book made in the US would have cost me 30 bucks a book. I sold this for 25, would have costed 30 bucks to make. If I went to China, it would have been 20 bucks a book if I brought 250, seven if I brought a thousand. And then it would take three months for them to make it and get it to me. So I just have to find a way that I can narrow this entire process down. So I'm able to still do school, still do photography and have this book available for years to come. I love that. I'm just, I'm a big believer of DIY and everything you just described where it's like, yeah, you could throw a bunch of money at it and make this take way longer and be way more difficult, or yeah. you can take charge of it yourself, do it a way that works for you and not have to wait on anyone's permission or anyone else's timetable. So I, I love that attitude in general, just for independent creators. I always think that's great. Um, now, something I was curious about for both of you is just like, you know, and I'm sure that this is obviously presented in the book as well, but what did each of you see on the ground being at these events, these protests, these organized walks, these marches? What did each of you see that was not presented in the media or that people misconstrued? Like, what was your view of it versus what other people were seeing or say that, saying that they saw? I would say that it was exactly what I was saying earlier was the joy. Like, there was no like outside of like us and the people that were on the ground documenting the joy, there's no documentation of joy by the media, right? Especially if there are like protests or actions where it escalated, right? And there were police protesters altercations, the way in which the media portrayed it was that, hey, protesters are um, attacking police or things of that sort, right? Protesters are agitating police. When in actuality, it is the fact that whenever police are at uh, action, the action automatically becomes red because police are agitators, right? So whenever police presence, even if they not doing nothing, they're sitting on the sidelines, minding their business, whenever police are in a situation, they make the situation unsafe and it automatically becomes a reaction. And so this portrayal of like protesters as agitators versus cops and pigs as agitators was something that was very much portrayed in the media. And like I said, just like they would, they would get their camera. If someone was getting beat up, the camera would be there. But if there was a dance contest or art show or open mic happening, there was just no coverage of that whatsoever. But the trauma and meetings, they got that, right? But no, no black joy, no, no youth coverage, no, none of like the people who are actually behind this movement, the people who actually planned this action, like, for example, one of the actions that Sean covered in the book was the Dwayne Trucks action that I planned. Media presence, they didn't dare come talk to me and ask me why I was organizing this with the media. Dwayne, what do you have to say? Dwayne, 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 what about your, what about your vote? What about your vote, right? So very much just the portrayal of like the target versus the people who are actually organizing and asking them why they're there. What's your message? Things of that nature. So. Obviously, the media is not our friend. Which is why we have well, to do it. Well, and also, sorry, go ahead. So, which is why we have to do it ourselves. You know, absolutely. Time's up for waiting for someone else to come to us 
and coverings. We have people that know how to take photos and videos and do all this work. We can do it. And as long as we rally around each other, like what I'll say is I'm one person. So if I get a hundred likes on something, that's a hundred people rallying around me and lifting me up. None of this was done on my own. And, you know, Destiny and others have to allow me in their spaces to get so close to them, to give me information and to do this work. Um, one of the other protests that we covered, same with the cops out CPS, but the day before, they were at the home of another board member. Now, before they started the dancing, they had a speaking program because if you come to an action, you should learn something. You all should be on the same pages and be able to have those tools to move forward. News cameras were there and they all left during the speaking program. So it's like all of this happened, all of this happened, but the cameras were gone. And it's like, why can't you stay? I'm one person and I've been out there. You guys have outlets with multiple photographers and videographers. Why can't you stay to the end and capture it all? So what we're doing now is, and I'll also say this, the vast majority of what's in this book, I was not personally invited to. I don't think Destiny has ever even asked me directly to come to something. So it's like, they're not looking for me to come take their pictures. They're not looking for my media attention. They're doing this work to do the work and talk to the folks that can make the change. They couldn't care any less about a like or a retweet or a social media if it's not improving the lives of people. So this is just me coming in and seeing where I can fit in, where I can be that puzzle piece. You know, I'm just not the kind of guy to go out to action and yell and scream and chant, but I can take your photos. That's my form of being out here and helping out this mission and this cause because they're fighting. I'm a black man. George Floyd is a black man. They're fighting for me. So, you know, how do I have black women out here doing this fight? And I'm not even supporting them. And they're fighting for me and everyone else. No, absolutely. I think that's very well said and completely right on. Um, Vishan, uh, I'm sorry. Actually, I want to ask Destiny a question before I get to Vishan again. Destiny, for you, what was it like to be on the cover of the book? How does that feel? Um, it was interesting because... One, obviously, like Vashon spoke to, like, just the lack of, like, documentation of, like, this work. And, like, just the strategic, and even if it is documentation, it's not documentation in the right way. Um, so it was cool to, um, like, have a West Side action <laughs> on the cover. Because also, even with documentation, it's not really West Side, you know, it's, it's very much the north side and the south side and what's going on over east right there's not really much like like and, and then that's not the, the work is always being done don't give me like west siders throw down west siders have been organizing forever right but it's not being documented and so it was cool um to have an action be on the cover especially an action that like was the first action i planned like i've, I've been organizing for years but i've never planned an action like like that's a whole different ball game we talking about. Um, but also, um, outside of that, I just think, like, it was cool, but it's not really like, oh my gosh, I'm a celebrity, because obviously this work isn't about that, and it isn't about, like, visibility and hyper-visibility. But, like I said, it was cool. Um, and just, like, cool overall that there's a book, because it's kind of like what you said, like, a lot of people, like, when there's a book or something, people make it more valid, which is which is BS, and it shouldn't be that way. But it's like they're like, oh, there's a proven text. Like even though we got all these tweet, all these pictures, 
under Rashawn's tweets, right? They're all solidified somewhere that people can see them, that people have access to. A book somehow makes it more real or, yeah, I don't know. But it's, it's really dope that, like, like people, it's, it's, it's going to be really hard to forget this summer and what happened. People will try to do it anyways, but it's going to be really hard to forget. But it, having a book makes that even harder to do, right? To forget it, it, this summer and write off what happened and all the organizing that the youth were doing, all the brutality that we faced at the hands of CPD and things of that sort. So it was really cool. Um, yeah, really dope yeah, to have everything solidified. Vashan, you uh, are a student at Columbia College, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I saw on your Twitter that you spoke in a Columbia College class while you're a student. A, how did that feel? And B, um, do you feel like, you know, you're going to do more speaking in the future? That was super weird. And I started off with the class because it's like the work that I do, I've tried to bring in as many people as I can. And it's like all of my direct messages open. There are 12 ways you can contact me directly 24 seven. And it's like, I've done this thing over the summer where I said, hey, I'm not seeing enough people out here with me documenting this work. If you need to know what's happening, tell me. And I have an email list with dozens of people who I send stuff to when things are happening. It's like, if you need me to give you directly what's going on, do that. So it's like, I wanted this work to be something that everyone is out here doing and for it to be the norm. So like, it's great that, you know, people are recognizing it, but it's like, it's also bittersweet because I'm the only person doing this kind of work where we're going out here and I'm, you know, putting this stuff in a book, but it's like, I want more folks making books. We're in a, such a digital age, let's still get things down on paper. Let's still get things that we can spread. So I want that to be something that more people can see. But, you know, if what I'm doing can inspire others, I did an interview uh, with Block Club Chicago, Maxwell Evans. And even after the interview, he put in his newsletter, Inspired by Vashon, if you guys want to report it, let me know and I'll answer whatever questions you have about reporting. So just getting more people into these spaces to do this work is the biggest thing that I want to do. And it's like my work is separate from the work of organizers doing demonstrations, but there's so much space for everyone to do what they do. And we can all collectively work on our own talents, our own gifts, and come together for that common goal of improving the quality of life for everyone in this country. Well, and, you know, I, I again, I love that this self-published because it shows that, like, if you have something to say, if you have something you want to show, you can create a, a book, you can create an ebook, you can create a newsletter, you can create an online class, you know, a YouTube channel, a TikTok, like on and on and on. There's a billion platforms now. But I love that there aren't gatekeepers in that respect anymore, where if you have something you want to say or show, there are so many platforms you can push that message out through. But I think a book, obviously, it definitely stands apart because it's a physical document of what you're showing, which is wonderful. Um, what's next for either or both of you? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't yeah, mean something great for that. It's like, you can see what I'm doing, but at the same time, don't come into this work trying to get a bunch of followers or a likes or some type of bigger platform because the folks out here doing this work, they are amazing at spotting out the real from the fake. And if I came out here with hidden agendas and trying to secretly bash them and make this work negative, they would have spotted me out and they would have called me out immediately. So if you're not coming into the work from a genuine place and trying to you know, go in these spaces and you're not trying to help improve it, they would definitely see that. But you know, as far as what's next for me, I'm a senior in college, I graduate in May. So I want to, you know, get up out of here with a degree in television. 
and just keep working towards that. Photography is what I love to do. It's a hobby. And I joke with folks I'm in too deep at this point. But, you know, we're just taking it day by day at this point and um, seeing where we go from here. Love it. Destiny, what about you? What is next for you? <laughs> I don't know why, but my internet connection is constantly unstable. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So what's next for me is just what's been in the past is just continuing to organize and mobilize because like this work is going to be forever, right? We're going to be fighting for our liberation and our humanity forever. So it's continuing to build comrades and connect with people and bring people into this movement because the fight isn't over. Like you were saying earlier, a lot of folks are coming into this movement now, right? And you were asking like how we felt about this moment. And it's like, like Vashon this is the moment that we've been waiting for, right? This is the moment where we, we capitalize off the off we capitalize off of everybody interested in getting involved in this movement right now, right? We bring them into this movement. We continue to build numbers. So like I said, it's continuing to build people power on the ground and organizing with youth, centering youth, doing what we can to protect black women and like doing what we've been doing. Like this moment doesn't really change anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we've been doing this work. It's just, yeah, it's just more people. We're building stronger numbers, bringing more people into this work. So that's 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 what's for me. I love it. Um, Say that again. So you're you're 19, right? Yeah, I'm 19. So until 50 years from now, we're looking back on 2020, and they see the cover of this book, and they're like, "Oh wow, that was so long ago." You're like, "No, she's still alive. She's still here." This is still happening. Like, yeah, these folks aren't gone. And all of this work has been done so recently and we're not that far removed from these periods of time that we talk about as far as being like, oh, this is the worst parts of America. We're not that far removed from that. So we can't lose sight of that. Everything is evolving. Reform, you're just evolving those same oppressive systems over and over and over again. And the work that they're doing here is just to completely remove it and abolish it. Can't blame them. Yeah. Uh, this has been fantastic. I'm really glad I got to connect with both of you. Thank you both so much for taking the time today. Vashon Jordan Jr. and Destiny Harris. Uh, Vashon's new book, Chicago Protests, A Joyful Revolution. It's available on Amazon. Um, Destiny's on the cover and doing all sorts of activism and organizing work. And again, thank you both so much for being here today and taking the time to talk. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Awesome. All right. Both of you stay safe. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcasts. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at DynastyPodcast.com. For the dynamic dynasty, Dynasty Descend.